All righty, praise the Lord. Thank God for what God's doing in your life. Have you ever heard the term tough love? How many have ever heard the term tough love? Have you ever had to exercise tough love? It's not easy. And uh, it's kind of like fighting Mike Tyson, all right? Exercising tough love. But uh, I want to share with you a message the Lord's placed on my heart, tough love and timeless truths. And as I was seeking the Lord and praying what the Lord had me to share, we're going to be looking today at the book of 2 John. 2 John, not 1 John, but 2 John, just prior to the book of Revelation. And here's the goal. I believe that this time of the year we're gathering with our families and we're spending perhaps more extra time with our family and friends. And yet there's a balance between tough love and timeless truths. And I believe there's some of us today that may be if we're not careful, can become an enabler uh, in a relationship. We're talking about building relationships that last a lifetime. And I think God's going to show uh, us some truths that we can apply to our heart and our life, not only uh, on this matter of our family, but friends as well. And so I wonder right now if you've got a relationship that needs a uh, uh, a balance between, on the one hand, you've got unconditional love, but on the other hand, you've got timeless truths, namely the Word of God. So how do you balance the two? You know, if you compromise the timeless truths of God in a relationship, then it's going to grieve the Holy Spirit. As Thomas just shared with us a moment ago, the Holy Spirit's real. And if, you, if we compromise what the Word of God teaches concerning relationships, then it's not going to accomplish the God-given goal. Our relationships ought to be balanced with unconditional love and yet timeless truths. And I believe that you've probably got uh, some family and friends or somebody in your life that uh, this is going to be very practical to you today. Here's where we're going in the message today as we take our Bibles and turn to the book of 2 John. There are three parts to accomplishing this goal. How can I love unconditionally and yet not compromise again what the Bible teaches? My testimony is important. Your testimony is important. And I think it will come a little clearer here in a moment. But there are three parts to accomplishing this God-given goal, enabling you and me to be, watch this, a godly daddy. How many of y'all want to be a godly daddy? You men, come on. How many of you want to be a godly mom? Let me see your hand. You want to be a godly husband, a godly wife, or a godly Christian. And I want to fulfill the purpose of the Lord. But it appears we're living in a day and a time when we're... Uh, pushing the scriptures aside and just going by our feelings rather than what the Word of God teaches. So I'm believing God's going to uh, be glorified today as we look at these three parts. Number one is this. I'll bring them on the screen in a moment. How can you and I exercise tough love without compromising timeless truth? How can you and I exercise tough love with our family and friends without compromising the truth of God's Word, number one. We'll see that in 2 John chapter 1 and verse number 6. And then also, 
we're going to look at how can we not only exercise tough love, but how can we, number two, how can we enjoy timeless truths with our Heavenly Father? You see, I want to love my family. I want to love my friends. But also, I want to obey the Lord. I want to have a relationship with God. And you don't know how, how, no, how, how to, <laughs> let me put it this way. No matter how much we love to be with our family, particularly on Thanksgiving or Christmas, there's nothing that takes the place of our relationship with God. And that's why you're here today. I know there's a longing in your heart to uh, have a personal relationship with the Lord. So, number two is how can we not only exercise tough love, but how can we enjoy, enjoy, and the Lord gave me these words, I'm convinced this will hopefully connect, how can we enjoy timeless truths with our Heavenly Father? Number three, how can we endure? How can we endure deceivers and misleaders? And we'll see that in 2 John. This is a study of the whole chapter. I don't know if you've read it lately, but we're getting ready to read it right now. So, if you've got your Bibles, you'd like to follow along with us, there's a great challenge to balance truth and love. And if you've been a Christian any length of time, five minutes, ten minutes, or five years, ten years, or fifty years, or sixty years, whatever, I assure you, you will face this dilemma in your life. How can I balance truth and love, and certainly there is a biblical balance in the two. So I hope you'll pay attention and stand to your feet as we read Second John. There's only one chapter, Second John, one chapter. Now, there's many of us today that we wonder, how, how, Pastor, can I relate to these that knock on my door, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, or someone else who's identified as someone who is not sound in their teaching of Scripture. How am I supposed to relate to them? What am I supposed to do? You're going to find out today as we journey through this study together. Second John, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. The elder unto the elect lady and her children. Now, let me just pause there. We're not absolutely sure. There's various opinions whether this is an actual lady and her children or indeed a reference to a church. But either way, it's a Christian perspective. And so John, remember the disciple, the apostle, who also wrote the Gospel of John, he is writing to this uh, Christian need. Keep reading. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. Will you please underline love and truth? Because these are two words that are very important, and that's what I derive the title for the message today, timeless or tough love worth Timeless truths. Love and truth. You can see it throughout this second epistle. And that's our goal with our relationships, both love and truth, without compromising either one. So read with me again, verse 1. And the elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all them, all they that have known the truth, for the truth's sake which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be unto you, mercy and peace, from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found thy children walking in truth. 
as we have received a commandment from the Father. Now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And by the way, this is how we relate to each other in the church as well. We're going to be talking about that. So often this is an issue that can easily be resolved if we'll do things God's way. Notice again, verse number 6. And this is love that we walk after His commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Now all of a sudden there's a transition in verse 7. For many deceivers. False teachers, planos is the word, imposters, corruptors, those who stray off the path. Many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Notice the word is come. It's in the present participle, which means uh, includes his birth, his death, his resurrection, and even his second coming. All of that is inclusive. Anybody who denies the birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the second coming of Christ is an imposter, a deceiver. Now keep reading, verse number six, 8, rather. Look to yourselves. The word look there is blepo. It means perceive. It means discern. And I'll be honest with you, brothers and sisters, sisters today. If there was a time we need a discernment, it's right now. My, there's so much on television and politicians and preachers and, and this and that going on and you don't know whether they're telling the truth or a lie and there's this, they're saying this and saying this. Hey, we need to know the truth. And look what he says. They come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. Look at verse number 8. Look, perceive, discern. Don't be ignorant, in other words. Look to yourselves with a watchful eye. That which we lose not, those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Now look at verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth, that word transgresseth means to go beyond. Whosoever goes beyond and abideth not in the doctrine, that's a key word. I know people say doctrine divides. I beg your pardon. Doctrine unites. Because I can uh, love uh, everybody, yes, but how can two walk together except for they be agreed? And we got to agree on the Scripture, the Holy Scriptures for one, if, uh, and in the matter of uh, serving the Lord and, and being uh, on the same page. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the didache. The word for doctrine is didache. It means instruction. It means teaching. Whosoever transgresses or goes beyond the teaching, the instruction of Christ, that's included in the whole New Testament, by the way. He hath not God. It's pretty clear there, isn't it? He hath not God. He that abideth, that remains in the teaching, the instruction, the decade, the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Mild of a sudden, you can see, if somebody comes to you and they don't share with you what the Scripture teaches, and God's saying right here through John, they're a deceiver. Now look at verse number uh, 10. Have you ever wondered, how am I, what am I supposed to do uh, if somebody comes uh, to my house or comes to me? Verse 10 tells us, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine. What doctrine? The didache, the teaching, the instruction of Jesus Christ. If they come not bringing this doctrine, receive him not in your house. The word receive there is lambano. Don't associate. Don't companion with them. That's what the word receive means. I looked up these words. I wanted to know what they meant. 
I'm not trying to sound like an old all, but I'm saying I believe this will shine some light on the subject. Receive him not into your house. Word house there is oikos, where you dwell. It's your home. Don't receive him into your home. That's what he's saying. Neither bid him Godspeed. The word Godspeed is charo. Not El Charo, but Charo. And it means this. Don't, the word means cheerful. It means uh, uh, greetings. Don't greet them. Don't be glad. Don't rejoice. That's the literal meaning of the word. Now look, you don't have to be ugly. No. But here are some very detailed instructions what you're to do and what I'm to do. Now I know you and I might think, well, I know more than God. And I'm just going to do this. But you get in trouble <laughs> when you start thinking you know more than God. Following the Word of God is what God, was the reason God gave us His Word. And so that's where the blessings are at. He says, receive Him not in your house. Look at verse 10, the last part. Neither bid Him Godspeed. That word bid means speak. Neither bid Him greetings or cheer. For he that biddeth or speaketh Him Godspeed or cheer or rejoicing uh, is a partaker. The word partaker is the word koinonia. It means a partner. We become a partner. If we bid them cheer or blessing or being glad, we become a partner, partaker of his evil deeds, his bad, wicked deeds, his bad works, his bad business. That's the literal meaning of that word. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come to you and speak to face to face that our joy may be full. The children of thy leg, sister, greet thee. Amen. Father, I bless you today. Lord, I come needy for great wisdom. And thank you that, Jesus, you are our wisdom. Lord, I'm not smart enough, and none of us are really wise enough to know what we're to do and how to relate to have your blessings and to see your goals fulfilled for our life, except for we look into the precious living Word of God and yield to the power of the Holy Spirit of God. I pray today every distraction, all the things that are weighing us down, uh, stress, pressure, and anxiety, and uh, things that are relevant compared to, oh, Lord, getting a word from you, would be laid aside right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. We, uh, we yield our hearts to you. May the word of God find good ground that it may blossom and grow into fruit that would abound in our relationships with each other, our loved ones, and those who aren't even a part of your family, Father, that we might share and witness and lead them to a relationship with you. Thank you now for the blood of the cross. Thank you, Jesus. You will come again, but Lord, until then, we pray, give us grace to run the race, to love you, to serve you with all of our hearts until we see you face to face. We pray in Jesus' name, Father, with thanksgiving. Amen. You may be seated. Let's go right away, three parts to what we're talking about today. Number one, how can we exercise tough love? How can we exercise tough love without compromising timeless truths? Watch, with our family and with our friends. I derived that particular thought from verse 4. Look at it again. I rejoice greatly, I rejoice greatly, and... Uh, that I found thy children walking in truth as received a commandment from the Father. Look at verse 6. Verse 6 is really the text. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. So how can we exercise tough love with our family and friends? I want to give you three words. Here they are. Examination, evaluation, 
and exhortation. Write these down. I thought about it. I prayed about it. I said, Lord, how can we describe how we can have a relationship with our family and friends, a love, tough love, mind you, tough love, without compromising the truth of God's Word? And here was what the Lord spoke to my heart about. Number one, examination. And number two, evaluation. Number three, uh, the matter of exhortation. Take number one. So we're talking about if I've got a relationship with somebody in my family or a friend, and yet I don't want to compromise the truth of God's Word. Maybe they're living in a lifestyle that I know is not becoming a child of God. Maybe they're saying things. Maybe they're believing things. Maybe they're living out acting out things that I know are really not pleasing to the Lord. Well, how am I to relate to them? Am I just to sweep it under the rug? Am I just to uh, be an abler? Am I to let them manipulate me? And uh, uh, as so often is the case that we feel like, on the one hand, we say, well, we're supposed to love everybody. And we're, wait a minute, we're to love people, but we're not to love their sin. God hates sin. I said, God hates sin. And therefore, we're to hate sin too. Not only in our loved one's lives, but in our lives too. And once we compromise loving sin, then we grieve the Holy Spirit. And then we lose, watch this, the favor of God and the blessings of God. I, I tell you, that's a high price. That's a high price to lose the favor of God. I want to camp right there for a moment. It's a high price to lose the blessings of God in our life. You know what the problem is? The problem is we want to have everybody's approval rather than have God's approval. And this is the difficulty. We don't want anybody to be upset with us. We don't want anybody to be mad at us. And by the way, we're going to talk about how we do that. Not being a Pharisee, not being a legalist, but how in the world can we exercise tough love without compromising timeless truth? You got it? They're balanced. Number one, examination. Here's the first way. And Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. He said, let a man examine himself to see whether he be in the faith. Here's the bottom line. I can see everybody else's faults, but I can't see my own. And the problem is that God sees me like I am and warts and all, faults and all, blemishes and all, and yet, I can't see my own faults unless I get into the light of His holiness. And when I get into the presence of the living God, opening up the Word of God, it begins to reveal to me my motives, my actions, what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, my thoughts, my deeds, actions, reactions, you name it. Examination. And that is very, very important. Tell me. Are you willing to wait on the Lord and allow Him to examine your heart? Because uh, this matter of timeless truths and tough love, if I'm going to exercise tough love with somebody I know that may not be um, living and doing right, I first, you first, must examine your heart before the Lord and say, God, search me, O God. Search my heart. Show me my thoughts and my intents of my heart. And God will do it. <laughs> I said, God will do it. I said, it might not be pretty, as my brother used to say, but God will do it. And that examination 
coming before the Lord and the all-seeing eye. The Bible is like a mirror, and the entrance of thy word giveth light. You know what? That's why a lot of people don't read their Bible, because when you read your Bible, it reads you. And we don't want to read us, because you know what that spells? C-H-A-N-G-E, change. And we don't want to change. We would rather not read the Bible because then all of a sudden we feel like, well, now I'm accountable. God said this, but I'm just going to turn a deaf ear. God said this, but I'm, I'm just going to... So I'm just not going to read it, and that gets me off the hook. Wrong. That's negligent. We're still accountable to God, right? Amen. So it don't matter whether we read it or not. But can I ask you a question? I love you, but I'm not, being, I'm not trying to be critical. Is it one reason why you're not reading your Bible is because it convicts you? Why aren't you reading your Bible? Not, not just on Sunday. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday. Well, why aren't you busy? You got a lot going on. I understand. Today, we need an old-fashioned revival. Back to the Bible. Why? Because the Word of God will bring me back to the will of God. And that's what God wants for my life. Oh, every man does what's right in his own eyes. And, and I can sit in church for years and think that I know everything. But tomorrow's a different day. And I'm faced with different things every day. And by the way, the flesh always wants to come back and take control. You do realize there's the flesh and the spirit as a Christian, don't you? You do realize you have a choice every day to obey the spirit or obey the flesh. You do realize that, don't you? Oh, yeah, walk in the spirit. You should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But here is the, the, the deal. Examination. When's the last time you said, oh, God, search my heart? I've been critical. I've been self-righteous. I've been nitpicking and fault-finding my brothers and sisters, my family. I can see their fault from a mile off. And God's saying, <laughs> what about you? <laughs> what about you? Examination. Number two, evaluation. Are there some things I need to confess today? Or are there some things, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the deal. Jesus said this, and so often this is misquoted and misunderstood. It's found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. We call that the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, 6, and 7. In chapter 7, Jesus made this, this statement. He said, judge not that you be not judged. And we always jump on that, and you'll see it on Facebook, and you'll see it on other people taking that and saying, you're judging me, and you're not supposed to judge me. A lot of people don't even read the whole passage, the verse before and the verse after, Hello? And they jump on that and say, oh, you're judging me. Here's what Jesus said. Examination first. Have I got a big beam in my own eye? Have I got a two-by-four in my own eye? I mean, Lord, have I got blind spots? Yes, every one of us have blind spots. You have them, I have them. And, and God is the only one that can bring the light of where we're at with him. And so Jesus said, first. Get the two before out of your eye. I'm paraphrasing. Get the beam out of your eye. That's where examination comes in and evaluation. Oh, I can be critical. I can nitpick, fault find. I can be a Pharisee. I can, you know, I hear the, and I read the Bible and all that, and I don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, do this, don't do that, don't. All of a sudden, I got all these rules and regulations, and I can see everybody's faults from a mile off. But God says this. If you're going to exercise tough love, if I'm going to exercise tough love, number one, we got to examine our heart before the Lord. Secondly, evaluate. First, first, get the big two before out of your eye before you get the little splinter out of your brother's eye. It's pretty simple, isn't it? 
but it's hard to do. We don't want to get the two before our, 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 our eyes. <laughs> and all of us are that way. Come on, let's be honest. Every one of us are that way. Yes, marriages, husbands and wives can be nitpicking, fault-finding. Parents can nitpick and fault-find children. Children can nitpick and fault-find parents, grandparents, or whatever. And Christians are notoriously known for criticizing each other. And so... But I'm talking about how, how can we deal with this stuff? It's in the Bible. There's a way to deal with exercising tough love. Evaluation. First get the beam out of your own eye. Do you know that Apostle Paul wrote 13 chapters, some 14, in the New Testament? At least three uh, chapters, excuse me, 13 books, epistles. Do you know at least three? At least three. At least three are dealing with issues like I'm talking about. For example, the Church of Rome. The book of Romans, for example. The church slash churches of Galatia, Asia Minor, many churches. The church of Corinth, three different churches. Paul addresses issues, how we're to relate to each other. How we're to exercise tough love without compromising timeless truths, for example. In the book of Romans, chapter 14 and chapter 15. There were some strong Christians who were eating meat that was offered to idols. They said, it don't bother us. We know there's no real idols. Not really. there's, no, there's only one true living God. We can eat this meat. It doesn't bother us. It doesn't defile our conscience. No big deal. However, there were some younger, more immature Christians in the church of Rome who were looking at those. I said, looking at those. I said, watching. I said, watching. I said, watching those other believers, people are watching you and me. Oh, now all of a sudden we've got a whole other dimension here. People are watching us. And watch this. What I can do with liberty and freedom, with a clear conscience, it might be okay for me to do it, but it might cause somebody else to stumble. That's when it becomes wrong. The younger Christians said, I... They're, they're eating this meat, and that's the idols. You'd think that Paul would have said, well, leave them alone. Let them eat it. He didn't say that, did he? I said he didn't say that, did he? What did he say? He said it's good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth. Romans chapter 14 and verse 21. Oh, all of a sudden, you shut down on me. All of a sudden, you said, I like this part in the Bible, but I don't like that part. You're going to take it all or you're going to take none of it. <laughs> I mean, that's really, if you want the blessings of God, now you can pick and choose, smorgasbord. You can say, I like that, but I don't like that. I like that, I don't like that. But if you really want to walk with God, have the blessings of God in your life, we've got to obey the Word of God, period. And that's hard to do outside the grace of God, right? It is. Tough love. So, and so Paul says, hey, look. To the stronger Christians, don't eat the meat if it causes your brother to stumble, period. Oh, now all of a sudden, stuff that I put on Facebook might be a stumbling block to somebody else. I can't hear you. You see, my testimony is important. Your testimony is important. We're not self-made men. I know this is strong, and I'll, I'll admit, after the Lord saved me, as a young Christian, I thought, well, I can do this, and I can do this, and I can go here and do that. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. 
I had liberty and freedom and my conscience was clear to do all these things. But now, all of a sudden, I realized others were watching me, other younger Christians, and it was not a stepping stone to them. Therefore, I had to either stop it, stop it, and obey God, or continue on and think that I was going to obey God and be in deception. That's where some of us are at, isn't it? We've been deceived. We think that we can uh, compromise the truth of God, still have the blessings of God. It ain't going to happen. Hello! Now, if you want little ear-tickling preaching, then uh, you can go somewhere and get it, but this is, this, this is dealing with the nitty-gritty, and some of you are already trying to hide, I can tell. I love you, and I, I need this. Hey, I need this. I need this. Well, examination, evaluation. In the church of, of uh, Corinth, same matter, same issue. Church of Galatia, Paul said in chapter 5, don't use your liberty uh, as a cloak to live in the flesh. Bottom line, examination, evaluation, and then exhortation. Watch this. Once I get, look, 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 I get phew, that two before out of my eye. Then I can go to my loved ones, family and friends, and I can, I don't go with a long nose. Nah, 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 nah. I don't go with a Pharisaic, self-righteous approach. How many know that that can happen easy? You sit in church a while, you've served God for a while, you love the Lord and you're fighting the world, the flesh, the devil every day, and then if we're not careful, we can... You're doing good, buddy. You're doing real good. Pat your step on the back. You're doing good. And if we're not careful... We can deceive ourselves, and especially if we're not really walking in the light as he is, like broken before God, humble before God, confessing our sins, then we, we, watch this, we, the alarm goes off. Beep, 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 beep. Holy Spirit saying, that's not right. Beep, beep, beep. Push the snooze button. I don't want to hear that. Beep, 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 beep. Push the snooze button. Some of you are pushing the snooze button right now. Listen, when you push the snooze button, when the Spirit of God rings the alarm and you push the snooze button pretty soon, your conscience is going to be seared. Well, you can't hear the Holy Spirit anymore. And you're walking in deception. You see how easy it can happen? It can happen. Now watch this. Don't miss this. The exhortation. Once I get the two before out of my eye, then I can go to my brother or my sister or my family and I've got a heart for them. You see, first I might be a critical, self-righteous Pharisee and, and go with them with this I'm better than you attitude. But once I get with God and once I surrender to the Lordship of Christ and once I ask God to cleanse me, then God begins to give me a heart for my family and friends. That makes the difference. Paul said this, Galatians 6.1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault. He's talking to Christians. Brethren... Adelphos, brethren, if a man, if a man, if, conditional, if a man be overtaken in a thought, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one of those burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. Here is the picture, person's shoulders out of socket. It's like the delicacy of a nurse restoring that. Wait a minute. Let me, let me requote that from a different 
translation. Brethren, if a man be overtaken or fall, kick him while they're down. Fault find them while they're down. Point your long finger at them while they're down. Man, I sense conviction right there. Boy, that's our tendency to shoot our wounded. Throw rocks at them. Oh, no. Paul said, don't do that. Restore them. I'll tell you what, we can stop right there and give an invitation. And probably half the church ought to be at the altar praying for somebody. For yourself and for somebody else. Talk to me. Talk to me. You know what I'm telling you? It's truth. You got loved ones right now. You spent Thanksgiving with them. You're fixing to spend Christmas with them. You got family and friends. Evaluation. Go with them to exhort them. How can I exercise tough love without compromising timeless truths? Warren Wiersbe, he's with the Lord now. He once said, truth without love is brutality, and love without truth is hypocrisy. And before I saw this quote, I've often said this. Love without truth is hypocrisy. I've said that. I don't know he originated that, but I, uh, years ago, thought about that. Uh, Lord, how, what, what, what's this saying? But truth without love is legalism. 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 Y'all listen to me. If we're not careful, we can become a legalistic Christian. There's a lot of people sitting in church, legalistic, and something happened at the church, and... Did you see what so-and-so did? Hey, by the way, y'all listen to me. I'm not going to contradict myself, but y'all listen to me a minute, okay? I understand we're at church, and I understand we ought to, you know, dress appropriately. However, y'all listen. If a person who's lost, they don't have a relationship with God, they don't have the Holy Spirit of God, there's no telling how they're going to dress coming to church. And if we're not careful, we can run them out the back door before they get right with God and get saved. And there's a lot of people in, in our families and in the, in the neighborhoods, they're not saved. They may say they're saved, but they, like me, are a lost church member. So don't be so quick to be such judgmental Pharisee with people. By the way, look up here just a moment. How many of y'all agree with me? We're not all at the same place in our Christian life and our journey together. How many agree with me? There are some young Christians in the church who, and I'm not being critical, they still have to have their pampers changed. They're on the milk. Well, I know it's easy for me to get impatient with them and say, well, bless God, they need to get right with God. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I don't have a heart for love for those people, then my relationship with God is going to be severed. I tell you, this will transform the church. It will transform my life. Love without truth is hypocrisy, but truth without love is legalism. There's a balance. Number two, how can we enjoy timeless truths with our Heavenly Father? Not only how can we exercise tough love, but number two, how can we enjoy? That's the goal. When, listen, when I get around my family and friends, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and gatherings. I want God to be there. Y'all agree with me? I want God to be there. I don't just play God on Sunday. I want the Lord to be with me every day. And when I gather with family, I want the Lord there. I want the Lord's blessing. Why? That's more important than my family and friends. What if a man profit gain the whole world, loses his own soul? 
Now, I'm not saying perfection here, but I'm saying this. You know when the Holy Spirit's been grieved and quenched. Can I challenge you? Christmas time. Think right now. Lord, how can I be a blessing to my family at Christmas time? How can I have your blessings on my life? I know this past Thanksgiving, the Lord had me to share things with uh, our different families. Not preach, just basically share, you know, a scripture. The Lord put on my heart, Psalm 116, verse 12, says, What can I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits? And then the song through it all. I shared that last week. I just, it's been on my mind and heart. And then pray with the family. Now, you may not feel led to do all that, but you can be a blessing to your family. Hello, you can be a blessing to them. I said you can, you can do, no, I didn't say you have to preach and all that. I just said be a blessing to them. Shine the light, encourage them, pray for them. Amen. How can we enjoy the timeless truth? I want to give you three thoughts that God put on my heart. You ready for them? Revelation of the truth, transformation of the truth, and appropriation of the truth. Three thoughts. Not only examination, Evaluation and exhortation. Number one, revelation of truth, transformation of truth, and appropriation of truth. Number one, revelation of truth. How can I, how can I, how can you, watch, exercise tough love with our family and friends without compromising and enjoying timeless truths, the Word of God? God's not a bad God. God's not some God up in heaven with his billy club ready to strike you down. No. God is a God of love. Our Father is a God of holiness. And the Father wants He and us to walk together, to be in communion, to be in fellowship with Him. But there's a way to do it, and there's a way not to do it. And if I'm going to compromise the truth because I'm afraid what people are going to think about me or say about me, hey, look, go ahead and nail it down. i never forget, I came home one day. And about 10 years ago or so, I told Deanna, I said, I said, Deanna, somebody came up to me today and said they hate my guts. You know what she said? I'll never forget it. She looked at me and said, everybody's not going to like you. How many know that'll take the wind out of your sails? (laughs) She's right. Everybody's not going to like me. And everybody's not going to like what you stand for either. Now, you've got to decide right now. Are you going to obey the Lord or are you going to want to be a men pleaser? Hello. And boy, this is a real challenge for preachers today to stand up and tickle ears, not preach the Word of God. And brother and sister, it's going to get more and more along that line because people will get mad, they'll leave the church, and they won't come back because their toes got stepped on. Really, that's right. And look, but it's one thing to preach it in love. It's another thing uh, to... uh, Because remember now, when I point at you, there's fingers pointing back at me. It's me standing in the need of prayer. A lot of the message come out of things that I've messed up and done and gotten right with God on a daily basis. Revelation of truth, that means this right here. The entrance of thy word giveth light. Yes, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Psalm 119, verse 11. Yes, it's the word of God, the revelation of truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. You want to build up your faith? How many want to build up your faith? Start reading the Bible. That's how you do it. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The just should live by faith. It's simple. But for some reason, the devil tells us, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, you, don't, you don't have time and it's all, you can't understand it all. Oh, no, no, don't listen to the devil. Revelation of truth, transformation of truth. Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, the revelation of truth. Watch this progression now. 
The revelation of truth gets to our head, our brain. The transformation of truth gets to our heart. See, today, you're sitting here today. I wish I didn't have to say this, but sometimes we can just hear the word but not do the word. James 1.22 James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And so, the revelation, right now we're getting truth in our minds, but the transformation of truth, it gets in our heart. We begin to ponder it. We begin to meditate on it. Meditate on that word day and night. Are you taking time to meditate on the word of God? And then the head to the heart to the hands. Here's where it's fleshed out, the appropriation of truth. Romans 6, 11, likewise, Paul said, reckon yourselves, count on the fact, that's the word reckon, yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. By the way, I moved this TV over there where you could see right there, except for, except for a little thing right there. You can see it right there, amen. I, I looked at it last night, those two seats where Brother Chris is sitting and our brother right back there, your name again is Blake, where Blake's sitting. So anyway, appropriation of truth. Tell me, are we fleshing out the Word of God? Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, I, my time's running out on me, so I, I need to, the, by the way, the clock's not working on the back. It's just absolutely stopped. It's absolutely stopped. I have no idea what time it is. What time is it? I've never asked you what time it is, so y'all better take advantage of that. What time is it? I need exactly the time. All right, here's, I've got to wrap this up in five minutes. Thank you. I want to be on time. Hey, by the way, our services don't even last an hour. Well, a little, right at an hour. We've reduced them down, right? Purposely. And thank you for cooperating with us. All right, look. How can we endure deceivers and misleaders of timeless truths? And I want to be sensitive to your time. We're to redeem the time. The days are evil. Now, look, one hour of your time every week is worth it. I know it. Praise the Lord. And I appreciate you coming. Tough love, timeless truths, deceivers and misleaders, many deceivers. Look at this, 2 John 1, 7. What if somebody comes to my door and knocks on my door and says that they don't believe the same thing I believe or I'm talking with them on the street or they're in my family, what am I to do? How can I exercise tough love without compromising timeless truths to those deceivers and misleaders? That's what John's saying right here in this passage. This, you're going to need this. Y'all listen, you're going to need this. Somebody's going to knock on your door and you're going to wonder, what am I supposed to do? Invite them in, give them coffee, take their literature, invite them back. No. No, don't do it. Why? I didn't say it. God said it. Many deceivers are entered the world and confess not that Jesus is coming to the flesh. Now, I know one particular group, and I, I've got several people who I love. I'm not bashing them, but I diametrically opposed to what they're teaching. A lot of these cults, y'all listen to me. How can you tell a cult? Don't miss this. I've got to hurry up now. If anybody ever comes to you and say they have something extra besides the Bible, mark them down. That's equally as inspired and authoritative as the Bible, mark them down, watch them, run. The pearl of a great price cannot hold a candle to the Bible. The Book of Mormons cannot hold a candle to the Bible. Sorry, but the Quran can't hold a candle to the Bible. Anybody that has anything extra or some so-called prophet that said this and they, they equivalize it with the Bible, run and be careful. The Bible's all we need with the Holy Spirit of God. 
That's why I'm asking you to get in the Bible. Oh, praise the Lord. Many deceivers will enter in the world. Confess not that Jesus Christ is coming to the flesh. This is the deceiver and antichrist. Yes, there's many today. I wish I had time to go further in there. Half truth plus half truth equals whole lie. There's a lot of things going on on television today with this and saying this about this Bible verse. Take it out of context. God help us to study the show ourselves. Approve unto God. Workman need not the machine. Rightly divide the word of truth. John says, look, blepo is the word, look, perceive and deceive, uh, or rather perceive and discern. Look, blepo, to yourselves. Why? That we lose not the things which we have wrought. John's writing to this lady, this Christian or this church. He said, don't lose ground by listening to false teachers, but we will receive a full reward. Notice again, he said, whosoever transgresseth that word transgress means to go beyond to go astray to get off the path the path where's the path right here but if you don't know this you're going to know what they're saying that's why i urge you as your pastor and i thank god for you coming learn the word of god we've got a youtube channel full of uh, teaching and stuff i'm not trying to promote myself i'm just saying that the uh, Opportunities are out there. Let's not just get caught up in the negativism of COVID-19 and all the bad news. Let's use this time to be built up in the Word of God. See, this, that's what God wants us to do. Whosoever transgressed and abideth not in the doctrine, the teaching, the decay of Christ, hath not God. His death, his burial, resurrection, his virgin birth. Ask questions if you're talking with somebody. Do you believe in the birth? Do you believe that Jesus is coming again? Ask them those questions. You can find out where they're at. And I don't mean throw rocks at them. You can lovingly say, I'm sorry, but I disagree with you. And uh, you can be nice to them. You're not be ugly to them. He, and by the way, it takes statistically seven years to win a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon to the Lord. Seven years. Not going to happen in one conversation. All right? He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. I'm getting ready to close now. If there come any unto you and bring not this teaching, receive. Lambano, don't partner. Don't be a companion. Lambano, receive him not in your oikos, home. Neither bid him, neither say or speak to him. Charo, blessings, greetings. Rejoice or be glad. Don't bid him Godspeed. Why? He that saith to him or biddeth him cheer or rejoicing or be glad. He that is glad is a koinonia, a partner, a partaker of his evil, bad, wicked deeds, works, business. I don't want to be a part of that, do you? You say, but I'm supposed to be a Christian. I'm supposed to love everybody. You can love them. Tough love. Tough love. We're timeless truths. Let's stand together, can't we? As we close right now, thank you for your kind attention. Now, right now, I know a lot was said, but think about your family. Think about maybe some examination in your own heart. Think about where you're at with your relationship with God. Is everything just right? Maybe do you need to take a big two-before out of your eye to get the splinter out of your brother's eye? Maybe, maybe there's some blind spots. Maybe there's some things you hadn't really seen in your own life. Maybe you've been critical and, and, and self-righteous and the Lord's saying, hey, wait a minute. 
as we bow for prayer right now. Nancy, would you play, please? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I need to ponder and let this soak in. I need to meditate on what you're saying to me right now. From my head to my heart, and from my heart to my hands, and my hands to my feet. Oh, God, I pray correct any and all things in my heart, attitudes. Lord, things that aren't pleasing to you, I bring them now. Ask for the blood of Jesus to wash them clean. Thank you, Jesus, for our family. Thank you for our friends. Thank you for telling us how we're to live in this world. Bring glory to you. Pointing them to you, loving our family, loving our friends, loving even those who disagree with us, even the false teachers, but yet not compromising with your truth. Bless every person we pray standing now. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.